begin with the ongoing tension at two major border crossings tonight where blockades continue to choke truck traffic and trade from flowing into this country. As protesters voice opposition to a long list of things from vaccine mandates to vaccines to other pandemic-related health measures to the Trudeau government in general. The standoff at the border crossing in Coots, Alberta is now into a second week. RCMP there today were asking protesters to move to another location, a suggestion that protesters did not take kindly to, that despite Alberta beginning to lift pandemic restrictions today. First, here is RCMP Superintendent Roberta McHale, then protester Keith Alexander. Ultimately, what we want to have is people leave on their own. And what's happening behind us is unlawful. And we are providing, or I guess the communities are providing an area for them. We are providing assistance and messaging to them that they can go. And the cops are telling us we got to move because it's a more convenient location over there? Oh, no, 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 no. Does anybody disagree with me? Meantime, 3,000 kilometers away at the usually very busy Ambassador Bridge between Windsor and Detroit, another similar standoff preventing truck traffic from getting into this country. It usually handles about 8,000 trucks a day, a quarter of all cross-border trade, some $500 million daily. Windsor police say they're trying to arrive at a peaceful solution. Here is Police Chief Pam Mizuno. We are taking a diplomatic approach and attempting to negotiate a safe and sustainable resolution. I realize this is an emotional time for many and urge everyone involved not to jeopardize public peace or participate in purposely illegal events. To those engaged in the protest, we implore you to continue to speak with our officers on the ground. Meantime, truck traffic there is being redirected to another narrower crossing near Sarnia, Ontario, but that means long delays. So we're coping with border blockades and an ongoing parliamentary protest, mainly peaceful, of course. It's important to point out. Here's how a federal emergency preparedness minister, Bill Blair, summed it all up today. And now, as a result of their actions, their unlawful actions, to block our highways leading into, into our ports of entry with the United States, they're essentially putting their foot on the, on the throat of all Canadians. They're cutting off essential supply lines and goods and services. Nowhere is the throat of Canadian trade more vulnerable than in Windsor, where, as I mentioned, some $500 million worth of trade passes each day. And joining me now from Windsor is Bill Anderson. He's the director of the Cross-Border Institute at the University of Windsor and the Ontario Chair in Cross-Border Transportation. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Nice to be here, Ben. So let me know, Bill, I mean, you've spent a lot of time watching this border crossing. Um, how unprecedented is what we're seeing over the past few days there? It, it's very unprecedented, you know, actually being completely stopped. There's been there's been some kinds of protests that, that slowed things up maybe for a few hours. And there's been, you know, accidents and things like that. that have, but, but, but the idea of the border being closed for three days, um, that's the that's the first Probably the closest thing would be back in 9-11. Um, it's been that long since we had a situation like this. And at that time, um, you know, everybody was in a state of shock. But this is this is uh, quite different. And, uh, and I don't know whether there's any end in sight. Where do these trucks go if they can't get across that border crossing? You know, the, the closest alternative is another bridge. It's called the Blue Water Bridge. It's up in Sarnia, Ontario. And if, if you... You know, if you look at the map, you see Sarnia is uh, up at the lower tip of Lake Huron. So it's, it doesn't look like it's very far from Windsor. But for the trucks to travel, it's actually a long distance because of the way the highways go. It's, it's several hundred kilometers uh, detour. 
And that seems to have been the the approach that they were taking because I I, I know that you know the big assembly plant that's here in Windsor, uh, they actually yesterday had to uh, send people home uh, from two ships uh, because they didn't have enough parts. But they were able to get back up and running on Wednesday. And I, the only possibility I can think of is that they were they were having their trucks go by that alternative route. However, we now are hearing, and I've seen pictures of this. Uh, that there is a blockage on that route. In this case, it seems to be farmers' tractors, uh, which have gone out on the uh, Highway 402, which is the one that connects there, and are at least making it difficult. I don't know if they've been able to completely stop the road, but making it difficult for trucks to use uh, this alternative route. What kind of impact, what kind of domino effect does the clogging up of these border crossings or closing of these border crosses have across industries in Ontario and elsewhere? It's, it's, it's very, very damaging because, you know, the nature of, of the, the Canada-US trade relationship, a big chunk of it is really what I'd call cross-border industrial supply chains, which means that, uh, for example, if we look at the example of the automotive industry, there's a, uh, a plant uh, uh, that makes Chrysler vans uh, here in Windsor, the assembly plant, very, very big plant. And it's running at three ships and employs 5,000 people. But the engines that go into those um, uh, vans and many other components that go into the vans are produced uh, over in Michigan. And uh, uh, at least, I would say, 100 to 150 trucks a day have to come across the Ambassador Bridge just to bring parts to that facility to keep the uh, assembly line moving. And so um, if you don't have that uh, transportation across, across the bridge um, within a very short time, because the, the inventories, they don't maintain huge inventories of parts. Uh, so within uh, you know, just a, a few uh, days or, or maybe a couple of days, um, uh, you, you would eventually have to shut down. And if they are effectively shutting down that alternative bridge, um, I don't know, you know, we may see plant shutdowns coming up in the next few days here. How does your average consumer in Ontario specifically, but, but elsewhere, how is this going to impact the rest of us? I think the impact, I mean, obviously the biggest impact is going to be for the employees who are, who are involved in the shutdown. So, and in a town like Windsor, uh, you know, I, the automotive industry uh, probably it, it, I, I won't try to give a number, but it would account for a very big part of the uh, 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 of the labor force. I look out my window and I look at the different houses and I say, yeah, that person works for Chrysler and that person over there works for the seat factory. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just uh, this is not such a big city and that is a very big employer. So it's going to have a big impact there as far as uh, – more in general, um, I think it will, first of all, I think we probably, if this really goes on like, like they seem to be claiming that they're not going to go away, which suggests that they could be there for a week or two weeks or something like that, you start to see some empty um, uh, uh, shelves in supermarkets, and that'll, that'll be something that will be seen, you know, uh, not just in, in this corner of uh, Ontario, but probably all the way up as far as, as the greater Toronto area. Um, certainly all of this just contributes to uh, the rising costs. You know, we, we have a situation where 
you know, you were, we're all talking about inflation. Inflation is growing. One of the things that drives the inflation is all of these supply chain constraints. Up until this time, Ben, actually, the cross-border supply chains have functioned extremely well through the pandemic. Um, there was a deal made between Canada and the United States, like on March 20th of 2020, um, to keep the trucks moving. And everything's been going pretty well. So all the stuff you're hearing about supply chain, which is a serious problem, but it, it has it has been pretty good here. Now all of a sudden we're going to from a supply chain that worked pretty well to one that stopped dead. So this has an expect you know the costs implied by this find their way through the entire economy, and it just contributes more to the inflation that we're seeing. Are you surprised that so few people have managed to close down such an important? Trade trade route. I'm not surprised because I, you know, I think about it all the time. You know, we we have the, you know there's this expression critical infrastructure, and, and people use it all the time without necessarily knowing what a good example of it is. And so long, I've been in Windsor for 13 years, but I've been a professor much longer than that. And long before I came to Windsor, if I said I want to explain to students what is critical infrastructure, the example I use is the Ambassador Bridge because uh, everything, uh, this entire in economic system depends upon um, goods moving back and forth across the bridge. So, I, you know, I, I've always been, you know, talking, just imagine what would happen if we didn't have the bridge for a period of a couple of weeks. Well, you know, I didn't know that we would ever see it come true, but it seems to be coming true now. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll, you know, I think... It, what you'd love to see, or what I'd love to see is uh, these folks say, okay, look, we've made our point and now we can go home. Um, but they, they're talking as if that's not what they're going to do. Bill Anderson, thank you so much for your time speaking to us from Windsor tonight. Okay, thanks, Ben.